Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Corey Dickerson goes to the Phillies. They have now picked up, in my opinion, a valuable professional bat. And by the way, Dickerson who had usually in his career been considered an eh outfielder, last year showed me that he was a very good outfielder. Not great, not awesome and incredible, but actually dependable. And Dickerson is a good pickup. If healthy, and I believe he is now, he's going to be the kind of guy that's a 300 hitter. And with the Phillies outfield situation, Jay Bruce banged up, Andrew McCutcheon's out, and Adrubal Herrera suspended, never to be seen again. It was, I think, an important, necessary deal. And remember, for the last three days, Sean, what name have I been bringing, the last two days, what name have I been bringing up? Corey Dickerson. I must have brought Corey Dickerson's name up four or five times, and you never once, if you read stories, you not one time saw stories about Corey Dickerson on the trade block. None. And I kept looking at the Pirates, and I kept looking at the Reynolds kid. I thought to myself, they'll dump that salary. Now, did I think he was going to the Phillies? No, that did not cross my mind. But now that the Phillies have him, that's a big trade. That's an important trade. Meanwhile, the A's are trying to boost their starting pitcher, Tanner Roark. They got him for the Reds. Roark was going to be replaced in the rotation by Trevor Bauer anyway. And he's going to go to the Oakland A's. The Pirates and Reds have not fought yet today, so I guess that's a, that's a story. Nationals. They acquired right-hander Daniel Hudson from the Blue Jays. Ronis Elias and Hunter Strickland from the Mariners. Strickland has been in a pennant race before. He's been in the World Series before. He's with the Giants. The bullpen for the Nationals has been... No better than mediocre. They rank last in the majors with a 5.97 ERA, and they have 20 blown saves, which is number three. So they get three relievers, Hudson, Strickland, and Elias. Prospect Kyle Johnston goes to Toronto from the Nationals. The Mariners get, let's see, Elvis Alvarado, Taylor uh, Gilbo, and Aaron Fletcher. Again, prospects.
Fernando Rodney is now the setup man for Sean Doolittle, but Hudson will help fill in that area. And remember, Ken Giles would have been a trade piece, but he's hurt. So those are the trades that have been made so far, and the Phillies are benefiting. I think the Dickerson, I don't know who they gave up for Dickerson, though. Yeah, we haven't caught any word on that as of yet. We'll, we'll stay on top of it. Uh, Corey Dickerson actually uh, made a pinch-hitting appearance uh, earlier today in the uh, getaway game for the Pirates uh, in that series with Cincinnati. With, uh, Cincinnati. I don't think we'll see a Joel Youngblood situation <laughs> here tonight. You know, Two appearances, but with two different teams in the same day, I, I don't think we'll see that tonight since the uh, Phillies have already turned in their starting lineup but that's but yeah you're going to get a consistent outfielder you never know with nick williams he's been so hot and cold and you spelled out the other uh cory dickerson's better than nick williams okay oh, sure that, he's if you a, want to just he, it's pure a, and simple he'll start he's every every day guy absolutely absolutely over 300 oh yeah get him in there I mean, this is a good, solid professional hitter. He's a good, solid professional hitter when he was with Tampa Bay. He had 27 home runs. And this is, uh, I don't know what they gave up for him. Again, you are dealing with the Pirates, so I don't think they gave up a lot. Atlanta, by the way, leads Washington 5-4, bottom of the 10th now. Reds lead the Pirates 4-1, bottom of the 8th. Arizona leads at the Yankees 3-2, top of the 6th. And Toronto leads Kansas City 4-1, bottom of the 8th. What's interesting is Arizona has not made a deal yet. And we're into the final hours. But Dickerson... I think Dickerson is the kind of pickup, now if he stays healthy the rest of the way, and again, the deadline's at 4 o'clock, by the way, so we're 45 minutes away. So, so far, Marcus Stroman has gone to the Mets. Trevor Bauer has gone to the Reds. Yasiel Puig has gone to the Indians. Jordan Lyles has gone to the Brewers. Jake Diekman has gone to the Oakland A's. Corey Dickerson to the Phillies. Jason Vargas has gone to the Phillies. Still sitting there with their current teams include Noah Syndergaard, Edwin Diaz, Madison Bumgarner, and Felipe Vasquez. And Nicholas Castellanos are all still with their current teams. Todd Zalecki, the uh, Phillies reporter for MLB.com, says... Uh, for the uh, the other portion of the Corey Dickerson trade, player to be named later and international bonus money. So this definitely plays oh, good. in Philly's favor. Oh, the international bonus money. <laughs> yeah. Great, wonderful. Oh, yeah. I always love every time like hey, you bring it up. Oh, you don't know how important that is. Please, please. Okay. You can't act like everybody's stupid. That's nice. You got it. The whole thing. It's just you're guessing. Hey, that's all you're doing is guessing. That's, that's goodness gracious. International bonus money. Yeah, how about that. 
So you've got everybody working on Matt Snyder's working on this. Mike Axley is working on it. Dane Perry. Catherine Aquavella and R.J. Anderson all working on it from CBS Sports right now as to who's doing what, where, and why. Ooh, they have a trade tracker. Ooh, this will be good. International bonus money and a player to be named later. Uh, let's see. I wonder which Williamsport guy is going there. Let's see. Who's got the lowest average? All right. Uh, so let's see. So here's here's what they've done so far. Uh, it's actually been more. Oakland gets Tanner Roark from the Reds. They give up Jamison Hanna. Right. Milwaukee gets Drew Pomerantz and Ray Black. And Mauricio Dubon goes to the Giants. Tony Kemp was acquired by the Cubs. The Astros get Martin Maldonado. Je- uh, Jesus Aguilar goes from the Brewers to the Rays. That gives the Rays a power bat in their lineup. Jake Ferry is acquired by the Brewers. Right-handed pitcher Nate Jones. International slot compensation and cash considerations to Texas. The White Sox acquired Joe Jarnecki and Ray Castro. Yesterday, Trevor Bauer acquired by the Reds. The Indians get Yasiel Puig, Framil Reyes, Logan Allen, Victor Nova, Scott Moss. Nova's an infielder, Moss a left-handed pitcher. Taylor Trammell ends up with San Diego in the three-way deal. Braves get Chris Martin, the right-handed pitcher. Lefty Colby Allred goes to Texas. Cubs get David Phelps, a right-hander from the Toronto Blue Jays, or Thomas Hatch. I think we already know about the other deals that have been made. These are over the last few days. Like Derek Holland, I think everybody knows that one. It turned out that the Cubs got Martin Maldonado from Kansas City two weeks ago, and today they dealt him. Yeah, that worked out really well. So those are the trades I've made so far. They've got 42 minutes to go. Now, of course, yeah, if you complete the trade before, you can then announce it at 4.30. You can do that. But that's what we have so far. Phillies will be on tomorrow. Something tells me that Corey Dickerson will be in the starting lineup when we carry that game tomorrow. I think that's a really important acquisition. I think that just adds another quality professional bat to that lineup. I like the deal. International bonus money. I mean, do you know how many, quote, international bonus money guys I see every single year, Sean? I bet quite a bit. Yeah. You know how much of that international bonus money I see make it to the major leagues? Not all that much. Bingo. So I don't want to hear, oh, you know how valuable that is. No, it's only valuable if it pays off. This kind of falls into the Pittsburgh Pirates pattern, though. What do they do? Once a player is close to having a contract run out and expects to, you know, new deal, make more money, well, this kind of falls into that category with... 
Corey Dickerson making $8.5 million this year and his, what's happening, end of this year, contract runs out. Gone. Yes. <sighs> All right, we'll take a break. Must be frustrating to be a fan of that team. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. So guess what the what the time as if I know these things. I'm just reading articles. I was reading the Athletic. And uh what the one of the top trending articles happened to be in the last two days. Jennifer Lopez presenting Alex Rodriguez with a cake on Sunday night baseball. What what am I missing here? Am I'm missing surprised something? you found that in the Athletic. I thought that the well, because they were interviewing Matt Vaskirchen up just about his job, and it gotcha. turned out that was one of the topics brought up. Gotcha. Hey, speaking of the athletic, now up over a half a million subscribers. Well, I started subscribing um, nearly a year and a half ago. It's worth it. You want to get some in-depth, long-form stuff? It help. It helps me prepare for the show, and it gives me at least some perspective. More than just some headline, you know. But so after asking Vascursion uh, about like three, two, three questions about the cake, they actually moved on to the broadcast. There we go. And. Oh. A cake, huh? It's a cake. It's a bunt. <laughs> bunt. The bunt. What's that movie? Uh, My Big, Big Fat, fat Greek, Greek Wedding. Greek Wedding, yeah. Love it's that movie. Bunt. <laughs> Lanny Kazan. It's a bunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, well, that was the, the cake. And... I think Sunday night. I think I was I was watching when they brought the thing in. It's like whatever those two do, meaning Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. Hey, Alex Rodriguez was just on the cover of Sports Illustrated about how incredible his public perception comeback is. And believe me, 
not a little bit of it has to do with who his fiance is. <laughs> and she has helped make him really popular. He really turned it around. I mean, I remember seeing when Katie Couric at the time was with CBS, she interviewed him on 60 Minutes. And that's when he finally came out to admit it of taking the performance-enhancing drugs. And you figure at that point, you you just think, okay, yeah, rock bottom, we'll, we'll, we'll never hear from him again. And But he has, he has made such a 180 since then. Well, that's, you that's just wonder. Best. You just wonder people like Barry Bonds that see this. You know, it's like the only place really Barry Bonds can go and walk around and be, you know, in the clear would be in San Francisco. Anywhere else, right. he's let, fine. Let, yeah, he's, yeah, fine. he's yeah. fine there. But I can't think of any other place. Yeah, it took Pete Rose a long time on the gambling, and it hasn't really helped him out at all. But when it comes to Alex Rodriguez, you know, it's interesting. I read the article. Yeah, I was on vacation. I read the article in SI about him. And it talking about you know, eight, nine cups of coffee a day. He's all over the place. He's always on the move. He's on the run. He's always working. And I thought to myself, for a guy that has this kind of work ethic, and you know he brought that kind of work ethic to the majors, you thought anybody works that hard? Do they? Why do they really think they needed the other stuff? Because he's he already has natural talent. Doesn't take a genius to say that. And he's got work ethic, but obviously he thought he did. So that's a, a different story. But his personality, or his personality perception rehabilitation, unbelievable. It's one of the best. This is one of the best I've ever seen. Now, do I think he's a good analyst on? Uh, baseball tonight? Yeah, he's good. I mean, is he great? No. Is he bad? No. I think he's good. Yeah, he's good. And is he still doing Fox studio stuff in the postseason? He had been. Yeah, I thought he was actually pretty good. I remember when ESPN made the announcement that when he was going to be joining Sunday Night Baseball, he was still going to be with Fox. Okay. Yeah, I would think we'll probably you know, see him then in October, then mm-hmm. when, you know, when they flip over to postseason yeah. coverage on Fox. Now, again, I can't really judge too much about what, because I don't watch that stuff. I just don't. Um, somebody came up to me today. I know you're surprised somebody came up to me today. Um, and it was, two, it was two different places, two different people about how good I thought Penn State was going to be. That's been the question of the week. And they each said all those pundits, and I said, you know what? I said, I pay attention to none of them. I said, I don't... I mean, what the heck do I care what they think? I can guarantee you they don't care what I think. I mean, yeah, I'm guesting on shows, so I guess I fill time so they care what I think. But I'm I'm out there every day. So do I care what some guy in Bristol thinks about? So I don't watch pregame show anything. I don't watch pregame show, 
pregame football. I don't watch pregame baseball, postgame. I don't watch any of that stuff. Just have no interest in it because there's just gotten to a point where I don't think people know enough about the people they're talking about. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. How's everything going with the internal coup d'etat? Coup de what? Coup d'etat. Not on this end of the building. Yeah, well, on the other end of the building. <laughs> How's Brutus doing? Quite quiet around here today. Right before the storm, my man. That's true. Right could before be the storm. Eye the hurricane. Yeah, that's true. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, our job is to stay out of the way. <laughs> All right. In the end, look around. Go, hey, we're still here. You need us. We'll be over here. We're good. We're fine. We're just here talking to the audience. <laughs> All right. So let's. Uh, Corey Dickerson's the big trade so far because the Phillies were involved. And it's a terrific trade. I like it a lot. And a player to be named later. Who knows? Could be anybody. Not worried about that. Uh, international bonus pool money. Ooh. <laughs> You know, pirates specialize in acquiring that. And if somebody does games on the single-A level, I can tell you that they need to do a better job of spending it. Um, but that's just another issue another day. Yeah, we got international bonus pool money. There isn't a single fan in Pittsburgh that's excited about that. All-star closer Shane Green goes from the Detroit Tigers to the Atlanta Braves. Well, this is this is a big one. Green's only 30 years of age. Do you realize that what Green has done this year? Last year he had 32 saves. First year as a closer. This year he's got 22 saves for a team that doesn't have a lot of games to save. And he's got a 1.18 ERA. 1.18 ERA with 22 saves. That's a big acquisition for the Braves. And remember, the trade deadline now is completely different. You know, I talk about the waivers part. There's another area where things are completely different. Before interleague play came into play in, in the majors, someone would go from the American League to the National League. You're like, well, geez, how are they going to adapt? How will they do? You know. You don't have that thought process much anymore. Why? Because of all the interleague play. So the transition is not as great. Of course, you do have the incredible national strategy, which is jaw-dropping on a nightly basis. So much more difficult to manage in the National League. Oh, cut me a break. Okay. You can make a double switch in American Legion Bowl. All right, let's not pretend it's, you know... Like it's the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in uh, in Pasadena. Okay. Runner on first, less than one out. Pitcher's up. Sean, what's he going to do? I think he's going to bunt. 
Okay, great. Love that National League strategy. The other night I'm watching Keta Maeda on the mound for the Dodgers. They're facing the Colorado Rockies and Johnny Gray's at the plate. They've got a runner on first. I can't remember who was on first. I, I don't think it was Arenado. they a runner on first, and he's at the plate. There's nobody out. Gray is trying to bunt. In other words, he is giving the Dodgers an out. Maeda works at the 3-2 and walks him. Hey, the look on Dave Roberts' face in the dugout was, I can't believe I've got this job. <laughs> They're handing you an out. Take it. <laughs> He's nibbling. He's nibbling a guy that's trying to bunt. <laughs> and he walked him. Oh, how that... Ah, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't make it up. And needless to say, the Rockies won that night. Then the Dodgers won last night. The Dodgers had two big problems. One, their bullpen is not great. Number two, their defense is not that great. But when it comes to starting pitching and when it comes to offense, they are aces. Dodgers are good. But they haven't made a move yet. The Braves have. They got Shane Green from the Detroit Tigers. Wow. Yeah, you me- mentioned a, Vasquez. That's a big from, one. Yeah, you'd mentioned Vasquez from the Pirates yesterday. So, so let's see. Uh, he's, well, again, the, the Dodgers don't want to give up their top minor league shortstop. They don't want to do it. So I just read this about Tanner Rourke. He learned about his trade to the Oakland A's. <laughs> he was in an Arby's drive-thru ordering a oh, beef and cheddar and curly fries. He was actually driving to Atlanta. He has uh, That's where he lives in the off-season. So, well, not driving to Oakland. So, No, I think he's going to go to Hartsfield. So he ended up turning back around and... Yeah. Back to Cincinnati and <laughs> Yeah. I'll leave Let's check. see. The uh, Reds beat the Pirates four to one. Braves beat Washington five, four, and ten. Uh the Yankees and D backs, uh, because of rain, they're delayed. Arizona leads the game three two. Colorado and Dodgers scoreless bottom of the third at Coors. Toronto won at Kansas City four one. Getting underway after the top of the hour, Detroit and the Angels. Giants and Phillies play tonight seven oh five six thirty the airtime here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. I believe the Giants then go to Fenway. And you know what that means? That means Mike Yastrzemski gets to play in the same outfield his grandfather did. And Mike Yastrzemski's actually played pretty well. Not a bad player. I remember when he was with Aberdeen playing against uh, State College. I thought, yeah, the guy's got actually got a pretty quick bat. And his grandfather had a quick bat. His grandfather was a, about as 
pros pro as you could possibly ask for as a hitter. But yeah, I remember when he was at Aberdeen. So we have another deal regarding the Atlanta Braves. Mark Melanson, we haven't mentioned that guy's name here on the show in quite some time. Uh, Leaving the San Francisco Giants, he is going to the Braves. So another pitcher to the Braves. He'd be a setup guy for Green. He'd be a setup guy for Green. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Mike Ostromsky's hitting 274 with the Giants. Pretty good. He's got nine home runs, 31 knocked in. And he's knocked around the minors for a long time. When he was at Aberdeen, that's back in 2013 when I saw him. He's played really well here the past week. We've had him in a play-by-play call of the day and also made a uh, yeah. great catch in the outfield, robbing a home run not long ago. Well, he's seven for his last 12 at the plate. Yeah. Yeah, he gets to roam the same outfield as his grandfather. Good for him. So, you know, his his dad actually his dad actually got up to AAA. actually got that far triple a but yeah uh, if you're wondering why um like his dad was mike yastrzemski if you're wondering why he's not mike yastrzemski jr is because actually his father's name is actually carl michael yastrzemski that's why he's not a junior so Dad's a junior. <laughs> but, yeah, what a... So he gets a chance to do that. That's actually kind of cool. He gets to do that. All right. And believe it or not, we're going to start talking a lot about, a ton about Penn State football. Yeah, I've got to do a... I'm trying to think. I, I've got to do an interview with somebody in Pittsburgh on Saturday. And it's about the end of the Pitt series. I think they're they're interviewing Bill Hillgrove and then they're interviewing me as part of it. Now we're not going to do it together because Bill's not going to be here. You know, and you know, in Pittsburgh, and he works for the station in Pittsburgh anyway, so they can get him anytime they want. Um, but yeah, what should I say? Should I say I'm happy or? <laughs> yeah, it's really great. That'd go over big, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I know one thing you won't say, but I'll save it for the break. <laughs> I'll just roll with whatever questions they have. The guy seems like a really nice guy. It's setting the interview up, and it's well, actually, idea. actually, I will say it because I will say it because you've said it on this show. I mean, we we brought up the conversation of you know beefing up your 
your early September schedule before you you dive into conference play. And you know, I uh, I was thinking what you'd say is that uh, Penn State should not play Pitt every year. And you've said that on the show. Well, again, because of the nine conference games, a la Iowa Iowa State, you knew where I was going right. with that. Right, because of the nine conference games, if if the Big Ten were playing eight like the ACC and the SEC, I'd be open to seeing Pitt on the schedule every single year. But when they went to nine, I'm sorry, but I'm intrigued by the fact that Penn State's going to play at Virginia Tech next year. I'm intrigued by the fact that Penn State's going to do a home and away with Auburn in 21 and 22. I mean, that's the game in place of Pitt. And don't get into the silliness. And I've, and believe me, I've had some of the silliness, you know, why are they playing Idaho and Buffalo? And, you know, well, you know just insert the names of the teams. It turns out it's Idaho instead of Pitt. I remember one year I was out speaking in Newcastle. Why are they playing Army? And I can't remember the other team. And you, now now you got to stand there and you got to waste your time answering the question as to why they're playing those two teams and not Pitt. I mean, there's a reason why things work in a certain way. One is Penn State does need seven home games as part of its formula because they have such a vast athletic department, 31 sports. You look at the SEC and the in the ACC, a lot of the athletic departments there have anywhere from 18 to 22 sports. So they've got anywhere from 13 to 9 fewer sports. And again, Michigan has as as many sports as Penn State does. Ohio State has three more. I think Ohio State has 34. But most athletic departments across the country, especially in the SEC and the ACC, have been paring back. Well, Penn State needs to have seven home games. So in the years where they have five Big Ten home games, they can have two non-conference games at home to get to seven. This is a year where, you know, it's a, this is an odd year, and any time it's an odd year, Penn State has to play all three non-conference games at home. All three. Because they only have four Big Ten games at home. And that's part of the formula. Well, that the, you know, if you have eight games in conference and four openings, now you can start manipulating your schedule. You know, you're going to get four and four in the Big Ten, home and away. How do you get the seven? Well, you could play. Let's just say they can play Pitt. Okay, you can play. We'll take this year's schedule: Idaho, Buffalo at home. You could play Pitt at home this year, and you could play at Auburn. Then next year in 20, let's just say it continues on. It's no Virginia Tech. Okay, let's just continue on. Let's keep Auburn. The next year you can play whomever. We'll just say Idaho and Buffalo again. You can then play at Pitt, and then Auburn would be here. So you're still getting seven games. So eight gives you the flexibility to do that. Without that flexibility where you only have the one home and away slot in your non-conference, I like the flexibility that you can schedule Virginia Tech home and away. You can schedule Auburn home and away. You can schedule West Virginia home and away. 
Before that, that slot was filled, you know, by others, including now this is when they had eight. But Notre Dame, Miami, Alabama, these are all games I've done. USC. You can do that. Now, with nine, you're really pigeonholed with nine. And I like the flexibility. You can play Virginia Tech. Just somebody new, somebody different, somebody that will, you know, get the fan base excited. To be honest with you, how excited are younger fans with Pitt being on the schedule? I don't know. I sense not as much. I know I'll I'll ask my class, you know, hey, you excited about Auburn being on the schedule? Oh, yeah. Well, you can't have Auburn on the schedule and Pitt on the schedule at the same time if you have nine conference games. You can't do it. It's logistically impossible. Say this particular year you got Pitt, you'd have to play Auburn at home. Okay, well, now you get a return, so you have to go to Pitt next year, you have to go to Auburn next year. Well, guess what? That leaves you with six home games. Financially can't do it. See, that's see that's the issue. And I like the idea of having the ability that if you want to do a home and away with USC, if you want to do a home and away with Texas, do a home and away with Notre Dame, do a home and away with Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Auburn, like they're already scheduled. I love the flexibility of, of that part of it, that of scheduling that game and taking it around and not just around so the fans get to see different teams, but also taking it around the country. That part I really like. Now, does that mean it's at the expense of the Pitt series? Yeah. But I keep, you know, I keep going back. Everyone can say blame Penn State all they want. And I, you know, and after a while, this is the other part I get sick about talking about. Uh, in 1981, your athletic department was handed on a silver platter the opportunity to play Penn State every single year. You said no. Okay. Whose fault is it then? Penn State offered to play you every single year, forever, by joining a conference with them. Joe's idea. You said no. Now tell me whose fault it is. Oh, that's ancient history. No, that's called a fact. That is a fact. And they made the decision, their athletic department made a decision to not do it. In other words, they rolled the dice that Penn State would never join a conference. That's what Pitt did. Pitt took a chance and rolled the dice that Penn State would never join a conference. And in 1981, they got the shock of their lives, and Penn State joined the Big Ten. Well, Pitt took a risk, and Pitt lost. It's not up to Penn State to to make up for... It's not Penn State's job to make up for your decisions. You made a bad decision. Live with it. Okay, Penn State was then looking around saying, well, okay, Penn State's going to come up with a different route. Well, they found one. And it's not ancient history when it's a fact. Whose fault is it? 
One offered to play you forever and ever in 1981. Nah, we don't need to do that. We're going to join the Big East for basketball, and uh, you'll be independent the rest of your life, so you'll always play us anyway. So we'll just take our cake and eat it. You did what? You doing what? You're dropping dropping us in football to play Ohio State and Michigan? Really? What? No. And they've done a great job in Pittsburgh of convincing everybody there that it's Penn State's fault. Okay? Joe offered them every year in a conference to play every single year into infinity. And the entity in Pittsburgh said no. And they've been paying for it ever since.